Welcome to NFL Talking Points with me, Jamie. I'm joined with Adam. It's the AJ Connection yet again because Brad has decided uh, to play football, uh, soccer, rather than actually, uh, you know, do his job. But it's fine. Uh, we move. Uh, we've got the Week 12 predi- uh, week twelve review and the Week 13 predictions and, uh, yeah, fixtures, I guess, or whatever. Um, so we'll just we'll smash through Week 12 because we don't really want to talk about it that long. Uh, I don't either. Um, <laughs> There you go, Carolina Panthers fan. Uh, teams on by. Like that made an appearance. It's actually stunned me. I was literally going to make a comment. There's no Panthers merchandise on display, but you, the fact you've been brave and still got the football out is quite impressive. Yeah, it's a bit deflated, um, which is, uh, yeah. If, if you're listening to this, uh, we have got a YouTube channel where you can watch us. Uh, just type in NFL Talking Points on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe to those videos um, yeah. so I can... Um, not be as deflated as the Panthers footballist. Uh, <laughs> week 12 review, the teams on Bible Cardinals and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, if you really want to go watch the reviews that I've already done with the uh, Bears line, Raiders, <laughs> Cowboys, Bills, Saints, it is available, as I said, on the YouTube channel. And it's also its own episode for some reason on SoundCloud and Spotify and Apple Podcast. Adam, do you want to make any comments on those three games? Um, Bill's easy game against the Saints uh, Trevor Simeon shocking Raiders Cowboys dropping another game and obviously Lions dropping another loss I don't I don't think I could do the games any more justice than your review show special on YouTube highly recommend like the sincerity of it all was just beautiful to watch yeah there's definitely no sarcasm whatsoever um <laughs> In those games, also, but we'll move on. We'll, we'll try and fire, fire uh, through these reviews. Well, well, I'll say five minutes, but it'll probably be about 10 minutes, won't it? So, uh, first things first, yeah, Sunday games, Buccaneers away at Colts. Buccaneers won this one 38 31. They're now eight and three. Uh, Brady is now nine and zero against Indianapolis since 2010, including playoffs. Um, so we both backed the Colts. Uh, so that was, uh, yeah, great move by us. Uh, another win yeah. with Tom Brady. They, uh, yeah, it's just the Buccaneers. It gets close to December, January time, and then they're just going to turn it on and probably end up winning the yeah, in the uh, Super Bowl again, aren't they? I think we were stupid for that, and then weren't we really? And I think that a lot of people got carried away with the hype of, as I say, Jonathan Taylor, the MVP, the five touchdowns the previous weeks, and up until really, I think it was the penultimate drive of the game for the Colts. When they let leveled the game up to 31 apiece, the Bucks defense, Todd Bowles has done a job on them. Like the, the rush defense from Tampa Bay was superb. And it was actually the uh, running back on the other side of the ball, Leonard Fournette, who dominated the game. It was the Colts defense. They had no answer for him. And it's classic Tampa Bay. When they're up against it, they find a way to win. And it, even when you level the game with, with them late on, they'll, they've got Tom Brady and the, the Gronk looks good. They were always going to find a way to win the game with the like, last play of the game, pretty much. So it's just what they do. It, it, it's saying that like, they've got players that have done it for, forever, haven't they? So it, it, in the end, we shouldn't have been shocked that they, they won the game. Although the kickoff return did make it interesting, but Carson Wentz just didn't have the receivers, I'll say, to make the clutch plays to make it really interesting. But he didn't. He, he threw. He couldn't throw it thirty. He had thirty-two yards just to throw it into the end zone. It was thirty-two yards where he couldn't throw it into the end zone from there. Yeah, yeah. He it, made yeah. yard play to start the game off, but is what it is. Um, that was actually a good classic NFL playoff game. 
standard. Like the Colts, I think will end up in the playoffs. Uh, the Bucks obviously have won the NFC South. So congratulations. Well, you think you think the NFC South's over? Uh, we'll get on to that in a bit. Um, <laughs> uh, next, we've got the. Uh, well, I mean, the Jets against Texans. The Jets won this one 21-14. I couldn't think, I didn't think it would get any worse for the Texans, and they lose at home to Zach Wilson, who I think is probably the worst drafted number two quarterback in NFL history. That is a big claim, but um, I see no talent in him whatsoever. Um, he, he come on, Johnson come on, a successful two points. So he should be playing. He's throwing the ball better than Mike White, he's throwing the ball better than Zach Wilson. But, you know. Joe Wilson sucks, but not as bad as the Houston Texans. Do you look at it and think that his interception was one of the worst, certainly of the season? Um, maybe of all time? Maybe of all time. Um, I Just run. Just one of the run for the first down. Why did he try and flip it to his running back? He's not even look, it's, it's almost as bad. you got the butt fumble, then you got this. And like, both <laughs> so jets, isn't it? It's so close to what's worse, but it's that it's Thanksgiving that happened on last Thanksgiving. Was it Thanksgiving? Was the butt fumble now? This Thanksgiving, yeah. they've got the uh, the butt pass, I guess. I mean, <laughs> just shocking. And yeah, the Texans still lost. I mean, yeah. two and nine. They said about that game that the, the better the, the, the Houston section should be winning that game at home. I think hey, you can go from beating Tennessee, which we'll come on to in a moment, to like that. As I say, it's just simply not good enough, and they're just not got players that can make the the big plates in, in their ranks and it, it's just going to be another abysmal season. And, and they're lucky that they share a division with the, the Jags because they somehow might finish first, which is ridiculous, really, because they should be finishing bottom of any division. Yeah, I mean, those two teams probably will finish bottom of their divisions. Um, I mean, these two, it's the NFC East game, uh, Eagles against Giants. You can tell by just the my voice how I just could not care less about these, the, <laughs> these past two games. I mean... Eagles 7, Giants 13. The Eagles, I was thinking they've got the easiest run of games left against the playoffs, and they bottled it. First game, Giants away, they lose by six points. Yeah, I thought it was a dreadful performance by the Eagles, and I think it's Jalen Hurts' worst performance in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I think that credit to the Giants, defensively, the pass rush, I thought, was was uh, solid, and it's what you expect from a fairly decent defence, but the fact is, is Jalen Hurts has got to be making the, the, some of these throws, and he looked like a quarterback that had been found out, that if you stop him running like as much, I know he still got close to 100 yards in here, but a lot of them were QB scrambles mm. when there was the pass rush, but apart from that, his throwing was ordinary, and in the end, when it came down to the final drive of the game, when the Eagles went fourth and out, he never looked like finding his receivers to get the Eagles back into it, and we know really that they're not they're not good enough for class. So they were getting the odd really lucky win against sort of teams they should have they shouldn't be beating. I think you know that very well, don't don't you, Jamie? Maybe they should be. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they're they're proven that they're way off the pace, especially in the NFC, which we're seeing is a much harder conference than the uh, AFC. So poor result, and and I think to be fair, the Giants probably did, uh, they deserved it especially for their recent performances. But if we ignore the Bucks' performance, I thought overall they've been a lot better uh, recently and they've been quite unlucky in a lot of their, these games. I actually think the Giants are actually a very good defensive unit. Um, offensively, they just suck. But um, yeah, win's a win for them. Um, we'll move on swiftly to... We'll, we'll quickly go through this game. Dolphins beat the Panthers. Uh, next, we've then got the... Uh, I mean, do you want to talk about it? 
Uh, 33-10. 33-10. Well, the simple question has to be, we could try and keep it short and sweet. What went wrong? Uh, better question would be, <laughs> that's a long question. The better question, <laughs> went, what went right? Um, Cam Newton connected with DJ Moore for a 64-yarder. And yeah, that was it. <laughs> um, Matt Rawls was somehow still in the job. Um, McCaffrey's now out for the season. Um, as, I, as I've suggested, we need to trade him for the Sean Watson, throw a few picks in, take him. Uh, he's not needed anymore at the Panthers. We, we've got plenty of other options. He's not good enough. Uh, he's made a glass. So he needs to also go. Matt Rule, I don't even know why he's still here. He needs to go. He's getting out coach. Brian Flores, I can accept because he's actually decent. But to get out coach last week by Ron Rivera um, is an absolute disgrace. Um, so Matt Rule needs to go as quickly as possible. Get Joe Brady to the offensive coordinator. Might as well put him in as a head coach. Cam Newton, uh, I actually felt quite sorry for him. Uh, it, was, it was just, it got to that point where he got the rushing touchdown. You think, oh, okay, this could, you know, here we go. The defence didn't make the right plays. We can carry on or sustain any drives whatsoever. Turnovers cost us massively. Uh, the punt, the guy, I can't remember what his name is, Colton or whatever it is, he's out of 400 punts, he's had two blocks and returned touchdowns, both against the Dolphins. And it's just like, stats like that you just can't make up. And it's just like, what's the point? Uh, PJ Walker <laughs> came in. We've got one of the worst O-lines in, in the NFL, I think. Um, it's been the exact same for the past five, five years, five, six years. Uh, one time, the one year we had a good O-line, we made it to the Super Bowl. So that's the difference. Uh, good news, though, Dante Jackson, he's now on uh, IR as well. So um, he, he's made two interceptions this season, uh, which is horrendous for a starter uh, out of, what, 12, 14 games, not 12 games. So um, and what I did like on the on the news of him getting put on IR, it says he's an unrestricted free agent in the summer, which means that he's on IR for a groin injury and he's off. Yeah, and, so yeah, that was his last game for the Panthers, basically. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's McCaffrey's as well. Yeah. So uh, and, quick, just, quick, just quickly, as they were trying to try and keep it to try because uh, it sounds like it's basically Panthers funeral. Um, Miami point of view, it was a performance led to be encouraged by. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they're, they're not. They're not. Do they not good. have to do much then? Is it okay? No, like, I, I think ten is convincing, no matter how you look at it. All they needed to do was put pressure on our passing game, and that was it. And they did exactly that. Uh, Cam Newton had, I think, he had, he had an average of two point one seconds to make a throw before your pocket collapses. What can you do in two seconds? Like yeah. that's why a lot of them were rushed, and that's why he was it five for yeah. twenty one to interception. So. Yeah, yeah, but no, fair play to Dolphins. They they took advantage of a, a poorly coached uh, Carolina Panthers team, and um, I'm looking uh, and I felt a defense that was making the odd sack, right? I say from Brian Burns onto onto her, but ultimately I thought defensively, coach wise, had to be questioned because I think that personnel should be able to handle what Miami had to offer. Yeah, they kept I'd say Kaziki fairly quiet, but I, I thought it was pretty predictable what they were going to do in the end. Uh, give uh, two, two. I was going to drop back and try and find Jalen Waddle, and the uh, say the cornerbacks and safety just didn't deal with him. He was his best numbers by far as a Dolphins receiver, but as a rookie, compared to the experience of the Panthers defense, they should have done a lot better. And I think that that was a big difference, weren't it? Was that the the two was able to make them throws regularly, and Cam, yes, he had a dreadful day, and the rest of the NFL media has covered that, but was only to, able to do that once for DJ Moore, and that was it. Yeah, exactly that. And um, that's why Dante Jackson will not ever play for us ever again. 
Uh, and Cam Newton also, I will say, had the lowest quarterback uh, percentage since um, a Lions quarterback in 2004. Joey yeah, Cameron. his lowest passer rating as well at one point, weren't it? At one point, it um, was five, weren't it? it yeah, it's one of the lowest in NFL history. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> enough about my depressing team. Let's move on to your positive team. Uh, I've got actually, I've, I'll start off with some nice sacks. Um, uh, sacks? Nice, some nice facts. Obviously, you beat the Titans 36-13. It looked interesting up until half time, and then the Titans for some reason never come out uh, the locker room. Uh, I'm not sure <laughs> Most games with 65% completion this season. Mac Jones 10, Brady 8, Burrow 8, Kirk Cousins 8, Murray 8, and Dak Prescott 8. Uh, most games with 95 plus passer ratings this season. Matt Jones 8, Rogers 8, Stafford 8, and five players are tied uh, with seven. Most yards per attempt in the NFL in November. Mac Jones uh, leads it with 8.63 yards per attempt. Uh, most games with 100-plus passer rating among first-round quarterbacks from the 2021 draft. Matt Jones, 6. Trevor Lawrence, 0. Zach Wilson, 0. Trey Lance, 0. Justin Fields, 0. So is, uh, is Mac Jones in the MVP mention or not? I don't think... I think the MVP is a bit too strong a talk. I get why people... I think offensive rookie of the year, definitely. At one point, Jamar Chase, potentially. But I think that Jamar Chase, I think as a wide receiver, it is difficult because not that he's doing anything wrong, but naturally, Burrows and the, the Bengals' uh, offensive playbook, which we'll cover on to shortly in a very close game against Pittsburgh, that you will see that, 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 for example, that the Bengals will use other receivers. So Jamal Chase won't necessarily do anything wrong, but they're going to use the likes of Boyd, Higgins, etc., and Uzama as a tight end. But Mac Jones certainly is consistently now. He's finding players, but he, he's not, for me, just a check-down quarterback. He's starting to make the deeper throws, etc. I think on three passing attempts to Johnny Smith, who would, that was really kind of finally getting him involved. I think the motivation was there against his old team uh, for 49 yards. He seems to have a brilliant understanding with Kendrick Bourne. And I've, you, do, you do question that, and it's a really hard one. Is it better coaching by Belichick and McDaniels now, or is it just better execution for the, the players, or both, really? Because we look a completely different team. These last six weeks, and it's since that Texans game, we look a different franchise because that's why I went so crazy when we beat the Texans just because we got so outplayed that day, but done enough to win the game in the end. When, and now we look a completely different side. It's just mental how quickly like the fortunes have uh, changed. I mean, how do you see it? No, I, I saw it as a turning point beating the Texans. It was sort of like a, it's a weird one because it's the Texans, but it was like a defining moment for Mac Jones. It's like his, you know, his coming out game of being able to find like, say Kendrick Ball and everyone like that. Um, but yeah, no, he's some of his throws. I think as you like literally to Kendrick Bourne, he bombed one right over the side. It was just like it wasn't a, as I say, a check down, it was a, a masterpiece, really. Uh, so I've got nothing but praise, um, unfortunately, for the for the New England Patriots. I think they'll take some stopping. Uh, I think they will get stopped, uh, by the, by the Chiefs eventually, but. As it stands, he must be pretty. Yeah, he must be pretty happy right now. It's the highest, I think, points differential as well from scored to conceded. I think it was yeah. like 194 yeah. or 174 or something like that. So, yeah. Well, that's, I think that's the key thing is as well is that the the defense. As I say, I said at the start of the season, my gut feeling was it's a top ten defense. I think right now, it's certainly one of the best, if not the the, the best. It obviously will be like the bay, but on form, they're definitely doing that. So I think the linebackers are as I say, causing all uh, O-lines issues as well. But also, 
for example, we must not forget is that Tennessee need rushed 300 yards, which is a lot to give up. So that is a bit of a concern. But the fact is, is when I think it's Hilliard, one of them, where he would look like he was going to do another big rushing touchdown. JC Jackson then punched the ball. That could have easily gone out of play and then Tyler would have recovered it. But then Jalen Mills then had the awareness yeah. to then quickly get down on it. And that was the difference on the, the, the on the day was that Tennessee were in the game for pretty much to all to the full quarter, I felt. They were nowhere near as good in the second half, like you said, that, that yeah. from the executions it wasn't there. But difference was the Patriots were finishing a drive where it threw field goals and the Titans then really their run plays, they'll then run the ball down the field, then turn the ball over. And it that that and the combination of penalties just killed them. So I think Tennessee will be in the playoffs, but you can just see a like a big game on the road. They just they didn't show up. And I, I, I actually thought Tennessee were awful. I think first half it flat the score flattered them at half time. But uh, that big rushing touchdown, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, they really did. Foreman was it who made that one? Yeah, but they didn't. They really didn't do anything for me. I thought they just looked like a pretty bang average, bang average franchise. Um, mm. And then yeah, class showed at the end. But yeah, it should never have been that close for me. In, in, you know, apart from one defensive no. gap, that was. And it. I think Belichick was frustrated, rightly so, because we're, we're doing brilliant plays in it up to that final twenty, which I think been an issue all season. That's why Nick mm. Falk leads all the stats, where it looked like Patriots are going to get the touchdown and then to settle for free. Um, but I think in the end that the defence were creating so many opportunities that the touchdowns were always going like, to come in the end. But yeah, we, it's, a, it's a team full of confidence. The free agents are all finally starting to sh- uh, show up. And uh, yeah, the, th- the thing is, is that you do, in a weird way, you think, would it would it be a bit beneficial if there's a loss in there somewhere, what, one, one more defeat perhaps, because we're going such a ridiculous run. You think that it could come to a halt in the playoffs, which of course is the worst time to... Yeah. Lose a game could come in week thirteen on Monday. Um, so we we shall see. Well, we'll, we'll as you said, it was a very close game between the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and Cincinnati Bengals. Um, <laughs> only thirty-one point difference. Take <laughs> <laughs> that one up nicely, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Big Ben has now lost three straight starts against the Bengals for the first time in his career. I mean, it, this, his career is over now, isn't it? For for Big Ben, uh, yes. I know I'm going to give Bengals the, the credit they deserve. Obviously, they, they annihilated uh, the Steelers 41-10 at home. Um, but that's it. I mean, there's nothing good. They What's mental is that I always thought Steelers had a good defence, like, a, you know, above average, you know, top 15 defence. But now, looking at it, there's nothing. I think as Stephen A. Smith, there's nothing scary about that defence. That's why Joe Burrow just kept launching it. Didn't really care if he had intercepted because he knows Big Ben's not going to go marching down the field and score <laughs> 30 points, which is mad because against the Chargers, they did. So, yeah, it was just one of those days for, for the Steelers. They're now 5-5-1 five, five and one. Bengals, yeah. 7-4, um, and four, they'll be in the playoffs this season. Yeah. No, I think you've hit the nail on the edge from point of view. The, the Bengals seems like they've kind of got, they've overcome that hurdle where they'll get one amazing result and then one appalling result. They seem like now that they're doing it where they can put two, good performances together back-to-back weeks, which is essential if you're a playoff-chasing team. And they took advantage. They basically are doing to the Steelers what the Steelers used to do to them. I think yeah. both fan bases will acknowledge that the tide has turned, that the Bengals, as I say, look a threat, especially, well, home and away, whereas the, the, the Steelers are an average team at best. It, they are awful to watch. I mean, Big Ben, I'm getting bored of saying it now. It's like, I used to enjoy taking Mickey out of him, but it's boring. Like we all know he is slow, immobile. 
easy to intercept, predictable, not got the class of wide receiver Antonio Brown. Although Najee Harris has been quite good, he no peak Le'Veon Bell. Them, them days are gone. I think it's not just Big Ben that's got to go. I think, I know that the whole NFL media love Tomlin, etc. but what, less than 50 cent win rate, like, that's shocking. He, he did, uh, yeah, he's never had a losing record at the Steelers either since he's since he's been there. That's Which the you have to say looks lightning now, doesn't it? I mean, the yeah. fact that the, the opportunity was for them to be six and five and they drew to the Lions. Like, what? That's a cool itself. Mate, yeah, that's, like, yeah, Mason Rudolph, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, appalling. Yeah. I mean. I've, it's just been embarrassing. I think the fact that they were even considered in the playoff contention at one point. I mean, I, I expect them to be rock bottom of uh, that AFC North. And that, you think for the team that's historically got the joint most Super Bowls, that is a real low point, isn't it, for their franchise? Yeah, joint for now. Up until, uh, <laughs> until Mac Jones lifts it, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> And then, I mean, but do we have to really talk about this? The Falcons beat the Jaguars. Falcons are actually still in play of contention. They won this one 21 14. Matt Ryan is now 4 0 against the Jaguars in his career. Jaguars 2 and 9, tied with the Texans for last of the AFC South. <laughs> um, do we talk about it? Well, yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit because I guess we have to. But the one key thing you said there that I have to disagree with Falcon playoff contenders. They've got I to mean, play the Panthers yet. So that's what, 6 and 6. Yeah, so, but, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about who they've got week 13 and then normal service will yeah. be resumed. The fact is, is that the, the Falcons look a much better team with Cordero Patterson. I think he's had a brilliant season uh, as well. I think he probably, credit to the, the whole Falcons coaching setup. I think that they've got the best out of him, even better than some of the other teams that he's played for. And that includes like New England. They've used him as his power running back. And when he gets going, defense just struggle to cover him and he he's the difference between them look like struggling to beat the worst teams in the NFL and and get getting over the line. Now he, he, he's just been sensational. Culpit's good. And then to be fair, the fact the Falcons I guess are nearly at 500 without Calvin Ridley is as I say a, a decent effort. But I think what we saw as I say on when they were on Thursday night football and at Dallas against teams that are going to be in the playoffs that's as I say is pretty abysmal. And I think that when they face a real quality, this is why they'll perhaps have a, like an eight and nine record because their defense just can't cope. And the O line, as I say, that pocket uh, it collapses when they face the better defenses. And they only just beat the Jaguars in the end. They did. I mean, yeah. Well, I'll quickly go. They've got six obviously games left. They've got the Falcons. They're, sorry, they're at home against the Buccaneers, um, away Golf. against the Panthers. Win. They, always, they always win at our place. Uh, away at 49ers, which is actually probably a clutch game if they want to get in the playoffs. I, I could, you can't see him beating the 49ers right now. At home against the Lions? Yeah, they'll win that one. Away at Bills? Loss. And then home against the Saints. So I think you just said it eight and nine. So that's exactly what yeah. I think that would be. So. Yeah. The late window games, we'll start off with uh, Brad's team. That's why, again, he hasn't turned up. It's weird that he doesn't turn up when the Chargers lose, when they win. He the does. way he's carrying on, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be like McCaffrey. He's going to be on IR, isn't he, for Pops? He's, he's, yeah, he's currently on IR with his groin injury or whatever you want to get his gut injury. Um, <laughs> so quickly, but for those, because we've had, obviously, Diz, Dizzy's on furlough, as we yeah. know, but shall we do it? If you miss, if basically, if you miss at least back-to-back weeks on pod that you are PR, for podca- podcast reserve, podcast reserve. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. Yeah, yeah he's so well played, Brad, for being on podcast reserve. Well played, Brad. 
fantastic effort. <laughs> Almost as good as efforts your Chargers, who got uh, demolished at mile high against the... Uh, well, I say Tay Bridgewater, he did go off injured at Alley, and uh, Drew Locke's uh, come on. And when it's won 28-13, the Broncos are 6-5. and five. What is going on? They don't seem to do much, though, do they? You don't like it? No, awful team. Yeah. They don't make the pass plays right on average where you think like, wow, that's gonna like that's really sort of like stun the NFL for like they don't sort of tend to fright down the field with the big 50 yard plays, but they do t- tend to do a job. Still got us like a st- steady-ish defense, you have to say, and uh they they force teams to make mistakes and they are a, a horrible team to face, I have to admit. They, they, you know what I mean? I think they started the Cowboys rock as well when they went 30 nil up in Dallas. They beat the Chargers, who can be dangerous, but they've just not got the consistency. And I think when their own line is getting breached like they are, and then that rough defense has been dreadful all season. Although they're in that the last wildcard spot now, they're in real danger of losing out, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I can't believe either of these teams have actually won six games. Watching the Chargers, they've, I think they've been awful as well. Um, their rush defense. Last abysmal. I mean, since they played you, I, mean, I think they got found out and everyone's just an- annihilated them since then, really. I mean, yes, they, they, they literally nicked it against the Eagles. That was it, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they just beat the Eagles who are only just, I mean, they lost to the Giants. So, yeah. Absolutely it's shocking. Really but we know the reason why. This is the thing. So, if you're a Chargers fan, you're sitting there week in, week out, you're heading out thinking, what's going wrong? Like, or thought, we thought Brandon Sadie was magic. No, it's because Bradley Cooper movie star spent probably stupid amount of dollars or pounds i don't know exactly how he worked it out on his chargers jersey and since that i think they've won one game so yeah. blame brad so we'll, we'll, we'll like i say put his uh, t- uh twitter as i on the edit and you can all tweet him your discontent for that shirt yeah uh the shirt is a very <laughs> nice kit i will say it's a love it's a lovely shirt lovely shirt really. the, the, the way he's carrying on i don't think he'll uh, wear it again. Now he's got his jacket back. So someone, the divers dug it up from the Thames. He's just yeah. going to wear his jacket over it, isn't he? His jacket will end up in. The, uh, sorry, his uh, Chargers jersey will be in the Thames. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and no one. one will rescue it. <laughs> no, exactly. And uh, yeah, for, I mean, from one LA team suck into another. Uh, it's another L for the LA Rams. Twenty-eight thirty-six. Aaron Rodgers masterclass. I tell you what, Aaron Rodgers broken toe. He had his toe out on on camera. <laughs> Take a look out of, uh, I think it was the Washington Post or New York Post, whatever they call it, uh, for COVID toe. Uh, we'll probably get a copyright for that now or whatever. Oh, no. Money taken, but it is what it is. And um, yeah, I mean, he, he got a rushing touchdown, put up Jalen Ramsey, and then uh, faked him and went in for a rushing touchdown. Easy win. Stafford, that's why he plays for the Lions. Mm. They, they, I think you've hit the nail on the head with that one. And I thought it's actually a really predictable outcome where you just think Stafford's historically a line by field awful the excuses was always his team being the Detroit Lions but this time round you've got this star-studded LA lineup I know that Robert Woods is on IR but then as it sort of coincidentally like felt nicely when they signed OBJ I think although Woods was technically fit before then but it's sort of convenient that Woods went on IR as soon as OBJ signed but the fact is you still got Cooper Cup I say Robert Woods, Van Jefferson, uh, Henderson, Michelle, that the O line included Whitworth, all these defensive stars of Donald, Von Miller, and Ramsey, and they they could they didn't show up as a team at Lambeau Field. I thought it was 
predictable. Stafford pick six, fumble. As I say, it's, it's all predictable. And you think, are LA really all that? It seems like that the wins they were getting, barring the Bucks, were against teams that they should be beating. They, they're coming across as flat track bullies now. They are. Because I, 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 I love Von Miller so much. Because um, of being, being a Bronco and stealing a Super Bowl from us. Uh, I, will, I just like to quote him. Uh, this is a quote three weeks ago. I went to sleep four and four and woke up seven and one. Um, since uh, Rams acquired him, uh, they're now Norton three and the Broncos are two and one. So, congratulations. So, one play for Miller. One play for Miller. You made a franchise worse. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah well, uh, Packers are, again, Packers are sneaking into a number one spot. They're probably going to, Bucks will have to go through Lambeau in the NFC Championship. I tell you what, Matt Lafleur, I don't think gets enough credit as he should. He's already been the number one seed two seasons in a row. He's going to do it for third season in his third year of coaching in the NFL. Yeah, and I think what Matt Lafleur has got to do now is obviously get them to that over that hurdle of the NFC Championship, and it is obviously a really difficult job. But that's why you're a top franchise like Green Bay. But the fact is, is that what's so impressive as well is that I know Aaron Jones came back, but it's the fact that there's, there's a big part of the run game that's been missing, still not fully fit. But Dylan, as they proved to be a real threat from passing point of view as well, and they really mixed up the playbook well. That you had it where it was Randall Cobb and Valdez Gantley making the plays, and Devontae Adams for his standards had a fairly quiet game, and they still look always looked like holding on. I never thought that the Rams were tired. I thought they they made it interesting, but as I say, once the pick six from Stafford, it was just uh, like curtains. They looked like a, t- a team again ready made for the playoffs, where the Rams looked like actually. They've got star- superstars moulded together, but are they a team yet? And I've not seen it. Clearly not. Clearly, they said they're going all in, but since they put that all in post out, uh, as I said, <laughs> they're now they're now Norton three, so uh, yeah. not going very well. But yeah, yeah. Packers now nine. Very all in. Very all in. Um, next, I mean, Minnesota Vikings 49ers, These are the two teams that I expect to get the last. Uh, the wild card spots minus Washington. You never know. They're on a three-game winning streak. But we'll get to Monday Night Football classic. Monday Night Football. Uh, Vikings 26, 49ers 34. Great result, 49ers. Jimmy G is just for some reason he's just come alive. They've established a running game again. Who then obviously helped Jimmy G be a little bit more comfortable. And since doing that a couple of weeks ago, 49ers looked like an actual team that will end up in the playoffs this season. Yeah, they look like the San Francisco of old, and I think it's coincided nicely that the defense are making plays again. There was, of course, the odd uh, Jimmy G uh, in, it, in there as a reminder that, as I say, he's still Jimmy G at the end of the day. To get, but it seems like he get he keeps uh, giving Trey Lance hope, and then then plays really well. But as I say, the Debo Samuel we mention him every week. He's sort of used more as a running back as a, than a receiver, but once he gets more really difficult to catch. Are you starting to get the plays again? And I mean, they're doing all this with George Kittle really being more of just a blocking tight end. They barely use him at the moment, which is a positive that they can mix up the playbook. And I believe it's the running back Mitchell who's really playing well. And it shows you that the O-line is more steady and that it was really encouraging for San Fran. I thought it was a brilliant win in a pressure game. They had to win that. And now they are in the conversation and we could easily see it where the two wildcard spots like the final wildcard spots come from the same division, the NFC West, because really at the rest, you can't say a team playing better than San Francisco at the moment. No, no. And again, Vikings, and again, they must win away from home. 
even with the quality that they do have, they just don't they just don't win those games, and that's why they're uh, currently five and six. I've also I don't know if you saw it. Kirk Cousins lined up um, on the right guard, uh, trying to get the ball rather than the centre, which I thought was quite amusing. On, on fourth and goal, with about two minutes left, lined up. Have you not seen it? Oh, it's incredible. I've got to show you this. Defending that 49ers offense. So you work for the points here and try to tie the game up. He's just had a complete head's gone, hasn't he? But look at the right the running back was like, whoa, whoa, I'm not having this. And then yeah, uh, like Mac, Mac Matheson's acting like moving. That's insane. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And um yeah, and then uh, yeah, they lost the game. They had to waste the time out, yeah. run out of time. Yeah. Time out. So even, like, even that sort of yeah. generally speaking, like throughout the game, he, he's he can be a very good quarterback, and most of the time he's solid. But so, the Vikings, I think, now need more than solid. When you've got the receivers they have, them two and Phelan and Jefferson, you've got you side to me even more. Where Phelan was unplayable at the start of the game, and then he phases away, and I think that sums up the Vikings as a franchise. They're like all oh, he's going to score points early on, and then it just. And it seems like that when defences adapt, they're like, what do we do? And I think that's a coaching issue and a player's issue that they've not got on top of. And you think a team that talent is should not be having a losing record. But here they are again, and they're going to be careful. If they don't be careful, they will miss out on playoffs. Sunday night football, Browns-Ravens, uh, despite throwing four interceptions, uh, <laughs> Lamar Jackson, the, Bra- the, uh, the, the Browns found a way to lose despite those four turnovers, but the Ravens found a way to win 16-10. I watched the highlights, really poor standard game. It always is with the Browns in there at the moment. They don't provide any good entertainment. Even at home against the Lions, they struggled. But yeah, 10-16, good win for the Ravens. It was just a win. Just tick it off, move on to the next one. Lamar Jackson will learn from those um, interceptions. A couple were like flicked up and everything intercepted. So um, yeah, it's one of those, just a W. A dub and move on sort of thing. That's exactly it. It's, it's getting the job done. Like I say, Baltimore, as he defensively like, held off like the Browns when Browns got a turnover. But I think that, from an offensive point of view from Cleveland, is just unacceptable. You can't have that many turnovers and not really convert any of them. It's just not good enough. And like you say, the standard performance, I think it's coincided with Kareem Hunt being on IR, Chubb being in that team with injury, COVID. They've just not got any fluency. You can't uh, trust any of the quarterbacks the Browns have. It's just really messy. And they're in, a, obviously, a hard division with two teams playing better than them. And, yeah, they're, they're, you think from what they how close they were at Arrowhead, they're now miles away from playoffs. So, it's quite, it's, I think this is looking a really poor season for Cleveland. And they've certainly got to either rebuild or make changes in the off-season. Yeah, I thought they did rebuild and they were building something. And then they've just one step... They're building something bad again. <laughs> <laughs> one step forward, 10 back. By, by this, uh, yeah. what it looks like at the moment. Um Monday night football. Seahawks, Washington. Was- As I said, just getting the win, moving on. Washington got the win, moved on. If it only was for Russell Wilson, who refused to play to DK Metcalf for the two-pointer to tie the game 10 overtime. He refused to play it to a guy who was wide open in the end zone um, and took another L. That's, uh, was it four straight now for Russell Wilson as a starter? Seahawks only won three. That's the first time in his career, isn't it? Yeah, the only teams they've... Uh, sorry, they've got the same... The, Right. The Seattle Seahawks have the same record as the New York Jets. 
<laughs> They're just as bad at the moment. They really are a poor thing to watch. I look at it, and in the past, you're thinking, no way would you predict Washington to beat Seattle. But I actually thought this was a pretty comfortable W. Got to be honest, didn't watch stay up and watch it because who would? I think if you're a Seattle fan and it's a lot earlier in the evening where they are, you would have like you would have watched something like on Comedy Central. Because it was just because Seattle just offered nothing. Their defense is not what it was we covered that ages ago. But at least in the past an explosive offense that's capable any given day. But now to have a three and several record, I think Pete Carroll surely doesn't need to stress anymore. His team are not playing for him. Players are not good enough. You mentioned it, the running back situation. They did they did they rush over 30 yards? I don't think they did. It was just woeful. And I think he's got to look at himself thinking, we had a good run. We obviously fell apart after the Super Bowl 49. It's just not been the same for many years. And now they've gone for at least being this solid wildcard team to not even close. Like Seattle season's already over, which is incredible. They've only lost um, two less games than the Detroit Lions this season. When you say it like that, it's actually quite quite mad. It's quite horrific. And it's all... It's mental that they've won sort of games because you watch performances and you think they don't look like beating anyone at the moment. No, they really don't. I mean, apart from themselves, that's all they uh, that's all they look good for. But yeah, we'll we'll move on to Yorks fans. We'll move on to a, to a happier week thirteen, which I am delighted. I've been waiting for this since week three of the NFL season. Since after we beat the Texans, I was waiting for this moment. Um, <laughs> it's not been very good. It is the Panthers bye week. Thankfully, in week thirteen, it is a game where I can just relax and not worry about any game that's happening. And uh, joining the Panthers on by is the Cleveland Browns, Green Bay Packers and Tennessee Titans. So we can all put our feet up um, after a great 12 weeks to the season. <laughs> so but you're, you're saying that you're not going to miss watching Panthers this week? Uh, well, actually, in my, <laughs> in my predictions, I put by week 13, Panthers three. Um, <laughs> But we can't even. Uh, I'm sure there'll be memes on NFL memes uh, showing it as well. Yeah. Well, the, the only thing that saves you from that is the fact that the Lions are where they've already had their bye week, and it was them that got all the trouble yeah. about bye week yeah, beating yeah. them. So it certainly Panthers need it. But the fact is, you think is there anything there to give them encouragement coming out of bye week? I mean, who, who's the game afterwards? Is it the Bucks or Falcons? Yeah, see, I mean, don't you? That could be a positive because you never know what Falcons are going to turn up. But you still got Bucks twice, haven't you? Yeah, four of our last five games are divisional games, and we are the only team to win every single divisional game so far this season. Until after my <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't think, what would you do if you didn't win your divisional games? <laughs> yeah, let's not let's not talk about it. Um, <laughs> First things first, we'll go to uh, Thursday night football. The New Orleans Saints welcome the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys have uh, they would have put November behind them. They've only won one out of three against the Falcons. Uh, will their next win after the they be another NFC South team come away at Taysom Hill uh, starting uh, for the New Orleans Saints? Will will the Cowboys win a win in New Orleans? Yeah, I think they will. I think it will be comfortable. The reason why I think it's comfortable is that, as I say, that they should have won the, the game against the Raiders, but the penalty, as I say, etc., and the decision-making absolutely killed them. But 
they were still making big enough throws, players starting to come back. And they look, the thing is, they still look like scoring points, barring the Chiefs game. Like either side of that, they were scoring points. I mean, to score 33 and lose is harsh. Whereas the Saints don't look like doing anything. They don't look like making plays defensively. Like they get a couple of deflecting interceptions, but then they you know they're not going to convert at the moment. They look one of the worst offense I've got to be honest in the NFL. And I think that Cowboys will cruise this one 30 to 9. I think it's got a very similar feel to the Bills game on Thursday night, just gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know why they've got back back to back Thursday night footballs. I don't know who's asked to watch the Saints. Please um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give us the Saints twice. Yeah, back to back Thursday night footballs. Yeah, but um, yeah, I've I've also actually gone Cowboys. I was going to go Saints. I was I was this close from going Saints when I was doing my predictions. Uh, but yeah, I went thirty twenty four to the uh, to the Cowboys in overtime against the New Orleans Saints. I think overtime. Taste- yeah, I think Taysom will put a little bit of a show on. Uh, not like he's had three different contract extensions in the past uh, three years, it seems. Why like. don't they keep extending him? Because they're trying to re- rework more money to sign other people, don't they? Because they put him like a 140 million four-year deal, but obviously guarantees was like 20 million or something. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know how that... It's Saints are dodgy, you know, on the pitch, off the pitch. They've been dodgy, always have been. Blowing whistles, the fans uh, during games as well, getting away with it. Uh, but I'm just delighted that they won't be in the playoffs this season. So, yeah. Why they're going? Obviously, I want the Cowboys to win because it'll be us or the Saints, at least. Well, I say us or the Saints. I, say, I keep saying like us or the Panthers have got a chance in the playoffs. But obviously, I want any team that's around the six and seven spaces to lose. So, that, yeah. is, uh, that is the hope and dreams. But, um, yeah, yeah. We'll, move, we'll move on. To, uh, to Sunday, where we've got some absolute classics. We'll start off with the uh, Giants at Dolphins. Uh, I've, I've gone for the Dolphins to win this one, 21-16. I saw so much class against the Panthers from Tua. Uh, and I think the Dolphins on a three-game winning streak will carry on and win another one against New York, who haven't really got much on offence. And I think they've got the same problems as the Panthers do. They're running back made of glass um, and a quarterback who can't throw a ball. So... Yeah. I've gone for, yeah, 21-16 to the Miami Dolphins. I never thought I'd say this, but in comparison to other teams, the Dolphins passing game looks good. And the Giants will find out against this week's opponent. It's all very well facing Jalen Hurts, whose throwing of the ball was abysmal. It was lucky that Cam Newton had the performance he did. He would have been the worst quarterback of the week for me. But you've got Tua, who's actually in form. The rookie wide receiver is certainly competing for being best rookie wide receiver with... Uh, Jamal Chase in Jalen Waddle, and I think that's it. Is the Dolphins are capable of putting points on the ball? Whereas I feel like the Giants, they've hit their maximum if they get about twenty points. I mean, they're lucky that they're able to win a game scoring thirteen because most times you score thirteen, that's not enough to win a game unless it's Super Bowl fifty three. But well done, Browns for bottling that one. And um, yeah, so I've gone for Dolphins to win from twenty eight fourteen. Next, uh, I did just say I needed uh, a team, uh, the, the teams near the wildcard places to, to lose. Um, so the Panthers have got a chance. I did just remember, well, I forgot the Vikings travelled to the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, so I haven't got much hope there. So yeah, Minnesota Vikings at Lions. Uh, I've gone for a 35 17 win to the Minnesota Vikings. Just the Lions, isn't it? I mean, you just can't back them anymore. I've, I've tried my best, but after that Chicago Bears game, I can't do anything else. I might back you against the Falcons, but 
right now. I, I don't know if DeAndre Swift did. He come off injured, doesn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, he came off injured and he's questionable. And of course, yeah. we won't really know. Well, we have to follow how he gets on in practice. If he's even like a limited, that's a called debatable. And it'd be really a, a game time decision, I reckon. But he's their only hope of putting a score on the ball. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the Vikings, I think this is a, probably will be their easiest game of the season. They're lucky they are in the NFC North from that point of view. So although they're losing, the, like the, as I say, the close matchups, this is, as I say, a relief for them that they're facing a team so bad. And not like we've discussed, discussed sorry, in our review show, they've just got too much for Detroit. So like you, I've gone very similar, 35-10 to the Vikings. Yeah, that's quite an easy one. Uh, next, it could be an easy one, but then again, after the Eagles' performance against the Giants, I actually don't know. Uh, they travel to New York again. I guess they've stayed there. Uh, the New York Jets now. <laughs> um, the Jets three and eight. Eagles five and seven. I back the Eagles because they should, on paper, beat the Jets. I've gone twenty nine nineteen to the Eagles. Um, have you gone? Can you see Jets winning this game? Doing what New York? I see the Jets winning this one, but I've backed the Eagles as well. I just think that that surely that they'll go back to run, running the ball, whether it's with us, your likes of Sanders game well and then of course QB hurts I think that's when the Eagles are their most effective but if the Jets can do what the Giants did defensively then they've got a great chance but I think it'll be a close one but we've got to remember the sack rules and interception we know what the Jets are capable of from a negative point of view and I, I literally I've gone almost identical to you I've gone for the Eagles to get 29 the Jets to get 22 the Arizona Cardinals return to action from their bye week they take on the uh, Chicago Bears Yes, I know they snapped their four-game winning streak, but no one in their right mind can really back the Bears to actually win this game. They're obviously four and seven. I think they they pretty much have to win this game if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. I, I mean, I say playoff hopes alive. The Lions are currently not 10 and one, and they can still get the playoffs. As I said earlier, you can bet $100, get a million pounds, they win the Super Bowl this season. Obviously, do not do that bet. <laughs> But yeah, I've got a 27-16 to the Cardinals. Kyler Murray should be back, but we'll see. We'll see. But I think they'll win anyway. They've got enough to, to see off the uh, Chicago yeah. Bears. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't think this game will be close at all. I think that the Cardinals will get 33, Bears 13. The fact that the Bears average 16 points a game, simply not good enough. The, the Bears franchise, is uh, no, no one is happy with Matt Nagy as he's coaching methods, considering he's supposed to be an offensive coach is just simply not good enough. And because of that, I reckon that, the, as I say, it'll be comfortable. Cardinals fresh off a bye week, give you a chance for Kyle and Murray to get healthy. We're not sure about DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, is he going to be fit again, Jamie, do you reckon? Or was it pretty much up in the air? I, I think it's up in the air, but I'd probably rest him. I wouldn't put him that much into this game. I don't think you really need him uh, to win this uh, game. And I think that even with that game, weren't it? It was the fact that the it was close. So the fact the Bears didn't have the ability to score the touchdown to absolutely ensure it. They relied on their uh, the, the Santos uh, field goal. And that, and, that, and if, he, if he missed that, the Lions would have got a win. That's how close it was in the end. It shouldn't have been that when you think of all the Lions' penalties and coaching disasters. So, yeah, and I think that if now the Lions are out of the way, you'll see the unrest again at the Bears. And I think they'll keep that tradition alive of keeping their head coach. But at the end of the season, he will go. Because like he doesn't offer anything, does he? No, I'm always in the frame of mind that you just just get him out, bring in someone else for the last few games of the season. They can assess the team and then cut whoever they need to. 
Yeah. Um, at the end of the year, but, but they're, they're obviously they're as the oldest franchise, the Bears do things differently. But did you know what cracked me up? I know this was going up away from prediction, but this is what cracked me up. I don't know if you, I think because you were supposed to be out and then was watching it. But did you hear what one of the pundits come out exactly who it was, whether it's a former Chiefs player from the early 2000s or the other one? And they were talking about, or if it was uh, Sean Gow, that was the other uh, pundit, yes, and yeah. they were talking about how. And about what Matt Nagy's record, because of that brilliant first season when they were 12 and 4, and his overall record was a winning record, they were going, yeah, they would accept that at the Lions, but not at the Bears, because the Bears got such a win, winning mentality. And I was like, what? Since when? That one Super Bowl in the mid-80s that Sean Gale keeps showing on Sky, apart from that, they've done nothing. They've not looked close. And we're talking about for nearly 40 years ago. Yeah, I mean, you say, did, I was about to say, you just said about tradition and all that sort of stuff. I was like, but what's that got them in like recent times? Like their most yeah. successful quarterback in the past 34 years, it's going to be outrageous, is Mitch Trubisky. Exactly. Mitch Trubisky led this offense, Matt Nagy's offense, to a, was it 12, 13 game wins? Yeah, 12, 12 wins, yeah. And then till, till it all fell apart in the um, playoffs. Yeah, but- Doink. Yeah, yeah, and then since then, they've just got worse and worse. And I think that... So, because this is the thing, he had the 12-4 and four record, then it's been 8-8 eight and eight and till this season, 4-7. and seven, And I think it's going to stay a negative record. There's no way the Bears are getting a positive record. You know him and... Who would you have? Matt Nagy or Cole Shanahan? Shanahan. As your head what, coach. Yeah. I'd have Shanahan. Like, you might, yeah, yeah. You know uh, Matt Nagy's got the same record as Shanahan. They, yeah, which is in a bad way, don't they? Because one had a Super Bowl appearance and then had a little bit of an off one because Jimmy G's injury, and then Matt Nagy did a uh, double doinker against the Eagles. Well, and I think you've got to look at what the where, where the franchises are at, who's more likely to threaten again, and it's certainly not Chicago Bears. No, no, because the, the Bills backup quarterback, Mitch Risky, what a player. Uh, that's my uh, Nickelodeon valuable player, my MVP. <laughs> Honestly, I hate Nickelodeon. Can't wait for that wildcard game. I really hope. I mean, that's why I don't want the Panthers getting in wildcard because I do not want to see Cam Newton with like slime like, splash on the screen. So if we just like suck for the rest of the season, that'd be fantastic. Um, Doing a good job of that. Yeah, now talk about sucking for the rest of the season. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers travel to the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Chargers, I know, are six and five, still in a wildcard place, but they won't be for very much longer uh, when they get stuffed. I say stuffed. I've gone 33 26 because the Chargers can still score points. But um, any uh, a win for the Cincinnati Bengals, I've gone for. They're going to be eight and four. Quite, quite incredible. I have to agree. I've gone very similar scoreline. I think the Bengals will beat the Chargers 34 24. Sorry, Brad, please try to avoid the Thames. But they're just, I think, across um, all three sides of the ball, the, the Bengals are performing much better than the Chargers. And it's difficult to justify the, the, the Chargers right now. Then Herbert's not making the big throws he used to. I think the O-line's not as strong. And I think right now you would say you'd rather have Burrows and Chase compared to, say, Herbert, Williams or Allen at the moment. It's about performance and execution. And Cincinnati are getting it out of their players where LA are not. And I think as our um, colleague who's on PR at the moment has said that the Chargers are falling apart at the worst time. If the Chargers can turn it around and get a win in inform Cincinnati, then it's a completely different outlook for the rest of the season. But it's not looking good at the moment. No, it is not. What a shame. Oh, poor Brad. Poor Brad. 
The Buccaneers travel to the travel to the Falcons. Uh, obviously, I see the Buccaneers winning that. Falcons now go five and seven. Buccaneers will now go nine and four. Uh, sorry, no, they won't. They go nine and three. This is a fantastic preview right here. Sorry, Buccaneers fans, but you, whoever you are out there, uh, you're going to win thirty three twenty. I've given the Falcons twenty points only because of Kadara Patterson. Yeah, I still can't get. I can't give the Falcons that many because the fact they scraped twenty one against the Jaguars. Yeah, they can't against the, the super reigning Super Bowl champions. This is, as I say, it's it's so easy for Tom Brady. He owns the Falcons like he does so many teams as well. And the fact that you just got so many options where the likes of Evans can be quiet, but then Godwin will take over and vice versa. They're using the Gronk a lot more, and then Leonard Fournette's on absolute fire. He doubled his touchdown tally in one game. Yeah, this is going to be a route 35-14. That's me being generous. The Falcons in the, against bigger teams just completely crumble. And I think that's the disappointing thing is that he's not even being competitive in these games. The, the game's already a formality. So you've got the uh, Indianapolis Colts who take on the Houston Texans. Um, I've given the Texans 13, which I think is very generous, but I've given the Colts 30. But it could really be anything uh, for the Colts if Jonathan Taylor's on form and if Wentz doesn't keep throwing. Uh, horrendous interceptions, but yeah, e- easy enough. It really should be a routine win. This is AFC South battle as well, but yeah, 30-13 to the Colts. I've gone, again, very similar. I think the Colts will beat the Texans 36-13. I think that, yeah, it's, mm. a, it's the extra Taylor touchdown when he gets a bit greedy. Yeah. Or, just to, just to take, take the mickey out of one of your epic fantasy picks, uh, Wentz might throw it to T.Y. Hill and just to remind you that he does still uh, exist. You, get, you got a touchdown, didn't they? Last yeah, that, that really made me laugh. I was like, oh, I've already decided him a week later. <laughs> but generally speaking, as I say, the Colts are uh, far too good. I think it's a good opportunity for receivers like Pittman to, as I say, to get their stats up and yeah, the, the Texans defensively, that rush defence. I mean, if the likes of Tim and Coleman has a good day, who's the backup Jets running back with Carter being on injured reserve, then what's Jonathan Taylor going to do? It could be another scary uh, figures. And I feel sorry for anyone that's facing Taylor in fantasy. It, it, as they say, it could get messy. So, yeah, it should be no issues whatsoever for the Colts. You know you're facing Taylor in fantasy this week. I hope so. Yeah, I've got Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, so like I say, it's, it's, it's going to be over already. But... I'm sure one of my players will turn up. I don't know. God, Henderson will turn up. Yes. DeAndre Swift? you got DeAndre Swift? He might turn up. No, I've got him on the bench. Oh, yeah. Injured. Can't, can't take the risks. Jacksonville Jaguars travel to the LA Rams. Surely, if the Rams are going to get the season back on track, they've been handed on a silver platter. Uh, the One of the easiest games they're going to have this season. Jags, obviously, two and nine. Uh, Rams... Seven and four, they'll be eight and four. I've gone 42 20. It's a similar score that they had against the Texans when they were at home, um, but they allowed the Texans a few late touchdowns to get back into the mm. game. And that's exactly what they're going to do here again. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a, good, a good score. I've gone quite similar. I think the Rams will beat the Jags 38 14. The only reason it could be less than that is where they get so far ahead, like you say, offensive players and defensive players start getting rested. Although, to be honest, I think the the last three performances have been poor and to be, they owe it to, if anyone's actually still a, a Rams fan because you move states so many times, that they, 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 the players owe them a performance because it's just not been good enough. But one encouraging thing 
was a, I say I know there was the serves from Stafford, but he was starting to make the throws he was at the start of the season. But in that game, the Rams were constantly playing catch up. There'll be no danger of this against Jacksonville because the whole setup's just not good enough. They, again, James Robinson's signed down. Trevor Lawrence has been found out. He's not going to say for Clemson anymore as well. And when you look at the the, the difference between Cooper Cup, Marvin Jones, o, OBJ, as I say, it's just like, as I say, it's chalk, it's chalk and cheese. And yeah. yeah, this is a welcome game. And it's the third one on the trot that, with the, it, that's just so one-sided. It's actually a shocking sequence of games from an NFL point of view because it's just, there's no excitement in it because if you're fans of them teams, you're looking forward to scoring points like for the teams that are going to win. But from a neutral, you're like, we know what's going to happen. We've got Washington against the, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. I've also noticed that we've agreed on every single game so far uh, in these predictions, but we may disagree on this one. Okay, Washington, who are five and six, Raiders six and five. Yes, I know the Raiders went and scored 36 uh, away in Dallas on Thanksgiving. Um, but I've got Washington 24-21. I think Taylor Heineke right now is a better quarterback than Derek Carr. I think um, the tight end is also doubtful, hence why I've just got him off my bench. I actually forgot. Don't, don't, don't want to, yeah. Yeah, Wallace, uh, he's doubtful for the game. Obviously, come off against the, the Cowboys quite early on. Running game hasn't been good. Josh Jacobs, um, I signed him thinking he's going to be great, and he hasn't been so far this season. And I think they're there for the taking. I think McKissick has been great for Washington. I think Terry McLaren's been great. They're still waiting for um, what was my um, Samuel. For, uh, was a pamphlet, Curtis Samuel from last season. That pamphlet. He's now back, yeah. So Washington have got all the weapons to me that they need um, to beat the Raiders. So I've gone 24-21 to Washington. This, this really, really could come down to the two-pointers. I've gone for Washington to beat the Raiders 23-20. I think very similar to you that I was looking at it more from a point of view. It, yes, it was a bore fest Monday night football from what we saw. But the, the, Washington are doing a job on, on te- teams that are underperforming at the moment. Again, a, another team that Jamie knows really, really well. That's why I'm back on this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'd say, Hi, I'd say Heineke probably playing the best he has in his uh, career. So cheers for that, Panthers. But ultimately, I think it's a running game that looks really good. So he's there. So what you've got to say is Gibson, do it yeah. like, as I say, he's your sort of free down back. But then you've got McKissick who is, as I say, finishing off drives. And as I say, the combination of McLaurin and Samuel should get football team fans excited. The Raiders, as I say, have done really well to beat Dallas, to be honest. But they're that team that lose games that they shouldn't do. And I think that in a one-off match, you can rely on, as I say, Hunter Renfro when he was had the game of his life in terms of receiving yards. But from the out, outset, Washington defence, Riverboat runs, no knows what you're going to do now. So... You're going to have to mix it up. And obviously, the personnel at, 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 at Las Vegas is very thin compared to the start of the season. Yeah, no, so, well, yeah, I think we should graduate. Yeah, I'll, I'll give uh, Ron Rivera some credit. Um, he has made a great adjustment from obviously Chase Young being out for the season. He's made a great adjustment in that um, to, to make them a, a better defence, actually, since, um, since Chase Young's been out injured. So Yeah, it's quite yeah. weird how that all works out, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's just because, you know, it's the next, you know, people, I don't know if they just gather a bit more together because of the injury, but well, who knows, who knows. Um, start off with the 49ers at Seattle Seahawks. Normal, I would, I would, when you think about it, it's actually mad, I would never have backed a team away at Seattle 
in December. But I've got the 49ers going there and scoring 33 and the Seahawks getting 23. And 23 is very generous because that offense... Yeah, where'd you get that from? I don't know. That offense is shocking. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is shocking. I think the 49ers have got so much more weapons. As I say, they're not even used to Kittle as a receiver properly yet. I don't think even this whole season. So they're getting the job done without one of the best weapons in the NFL. So, yeah, 33-23 for the 49ers. I think you've been generous. I think that you've made it look a lot more interesting for Seattle than it's going to be. I think the 49ers will beat uh, the Seahawks 34-17, which is mental because historically I'd find San Fran a bit shaky at the, at the rival road ground, but confidence is high. As we mentioned, defending well. Jimmy G playing better. Can of course still improve and get that consistency from a turnover point of view. But it's the Seahawks that keep making the mistakes. They've got when you look at 49ers, their main threat is running the ball. Obviously, Debo Samuel looking like he's going to be out is a big loss. But I feel like the likes of IU, Mitchell, and perhaps the fact they've got no Debo Samuel means they'll target George Kittle more. And when you think that that as I say, the 49ers have got Kittle, who are then who really they're keeping under wraps until these big games. And then the, you've got the Seattle whose main tight is now called Disley. Like, what? You're relying on someone called Disney to win your game. No wonder you are three and seven. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson can't seem to find DK Metcalf. One reception all game against Washington, not good enough. So, yeah, I think it'll be uh, very convincing for San Fran and uh, the playoff charge will carry on. Yeah, uh, DK Metcalf has had more uh, hair colours uh, on his on his head than Seahawks have had wins. So, congratulations. <laughs> He's had four different hair colours. Uh and uh, they've had three wins this season. Uh, you, you were very generous. You said seven losses. They've actually had eight losses. So uh, I three and eight now. Yeah. Oh, my apologies. I think it's where the, the AFL app didn't update itself straight away. So yeah. three and eight. That and they will. Crazy. They will be three and nine come the end of uh, three and nine. Yeah. A big AFC North clash. Written. I mean, it's, is it big? Is it big? Like, is it big? It's Big Ben. It's big, big Ben with the names. Big names. But apart from that, big name. Big rivalry. Used to be good games and big clashes and, you know, last minute bit of drama, but I've gone for a Ravens 27, Steelers 17 in Pittsburgh as well with their little yellow flags. I've backed the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens to go there and slap 27 on them. So yeah, sorry Steelers, but it is season over. All you can think we, of is just draft, draft. draft. We have agreed again on every game. I've gone for the right. I've, this was, I know it was obviously an easy one, but the score lines are very eerily similar as well. I've gone for the Ravens to beat the Sears 26-16. I believe that the... Yeah, the Ravens are not fully firing, but they're, they're, they're just too good for Pittsburgh. And I think that Pittsburgh, as I say, they, they, they might do okay against a poor defence, but you could just imagine some of the embarrassing throws that Big Ben's going to try and make when they're on fourth and 20, and he won't even, and he'll try and do a chuck down and it'll end up in an interception to a defensive end or something. The, yeah. the whole charade in Pittsburgh is embarrassing, and I think yeah, would, would that make them five, six, and one? Would it, or would they be five, yeah. five, yeah, six, five six, and one? And then yeah, the right one be on the It's amazing that actually that it's not cast as a losing record yet, and they, they need as they putting out their misery Pittsburgh because there's probably some fans that believe that they're playoff hopeful, but when you get stuff like you do by Cincinnati, you really got nothing to shout about and. They are, as I say, a hysterically great franchise, but their miserable run continues, and I can't see Baltimore but bottling this. Yeah. 
Although Sunday, it would be good for the playoff picture. Sorry, it, it would, would be. Very it, good would for be it would be good uh, for the Patriots. It would be fantastic if the Ravens lost. Yeah, uh, for the for the seeding especially. But um, yeah, for it would make it more interesting in the AFC side. Obviously, for the NFC side, there's like seven teams going for two spaces still. Uh, I'm not counting the Lions. I have more or Bears for that matter. So, um, but yeah, on the AFC side, it would be more interesting with more teams involved. But mm. Sunday night football, we've got two AFC West sides going against each other. Denver Broncos travel to the Kansas City Chiefs. Broncos six and five, Chiefs seven and four. So, really, if if Teddy can go to the Chiefs, and if it, obviously last season he went to the Chiefs, and if it wasn't for a Joey Sly missed uh, field goal, he would have won the game. But is what it is. Who who you know. Who doesn't miss a 33-yard field goal uh, <laughs> at Arrowhead? As Brad says, winning at Arrowhead isn't for everyone, um, which is absolutely fine. Uh, but Teddy does get up for these games. Uh, when he's diving into the end zone, he, he put his body on the line. Uh, but again, he absolutely battered at Arrowhead. I've gone 35-17 to the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they will be rolling and rolling to the AFC Championship. I don't see them stopping at the moment. I think they, they're, annoyingly, they're clicking... They look a much better team. They've had now had a, obviously a week off from bye week, and now they're going to be back fully fit, connecting, and uh, yeah, they're going to take some stopping. I think now Kansas City Chiefs. So yeah, thirty-five seventeen to Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Yeah, I get what you're saying. They're they're, they're on the winning roll, and they don't really look like losing games. But the game, the performance against Dallas before the, their bye week was a strange performance. They only won that one 19-9. So they're still not the Chiefs offense we saw the last two years. But it doesn't mean that they can't be. The fact is, is that you still got Mahone finding Kelsey on a regular basis, Tyreek Hill speed. You know, what I mean, the key weapons is still healthy for Kansas, and that's the main thing. And like you, I think it'll be, as I say, a two possession win. I reckon the Chiefs will beat the Broncos 35 20. So I think Broncos will give it a go. But at Arrowhead, I think then the, 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 the Chiefs crowd, they, they know like the scenario, they'll be well up for it under the lights as well as a long shot. I just think if, if if Teddy gets a win in, in Kansas, I think it'd be even more impressive than the Chargers win there, which I know would hurt our, our say our co-presenter on PR. But yeah, I think there's a say that it, it's just too big a, a job for the uh, say the Broncos. I think it's it's all very well beating the Chargers who are out of form in your own conditions that you as a team know well. But when it comes to Arrowhead in the cold. Yeah, very, very difficult to see Denver winning this one. Yeah, I mean, nothing would give me greater pleasure, actually, to see the Chiefs knocked off their pedestal. Like, I don't it would be funny. Well, but then I don't like Tay Bridgewater. So, you know, it, you know, I'll take whatever. I'll take whatever. Monday night football, we've got the big one. We've agreed on every single prediction so far after 13 games. We'll see in a few minutes if we, if we are uh, going to be level. Uh, or it's going to come down to Monday Night Football. The AFC East is going to come down to Monday Night Football right here. I think right now, this is the AFC East is on the line for the Patriots. Are the Patriots a real deal, or are they just pretending that they're back, you know, um, as we've kept saying? Buffalo Bills, obviously, they were terrible against the Jacksonville Jaguars and many other teams so far this season. They haven't looked quite like themselves. Um, but I, I have backed um, the New England Patriots win this game. Um, I have gone 28-27 to New England Patriots. I've got to go for a Nick Falk last-minute field goal in Buffalo as the time expires. Mac Jones is going to get the ball back with a two-minute drill and he's going to be, you know, that Tom Brady, the two-minute classic drills. 
Matt Jones is going to have his moment. AFC East, Monday night football. It's in Buffalo, probably going to be snowing. It's set up for an absolute classic. I've gone Patriots win 28-27. Wow, I didn't expect that from you. I really thought you'd go back to Buffalo Bills. And I am torn on this one as well. I can see all these different scenarios, etc. But I think when when your team is has won six on the trot, and look, and especially I'll say the last three, four looks unplayable. You've got to back them again. I think this will probably be the closest out of all of them because I think this is the team that's probably the closest to the Patriots in terms of healthy roster as well. And I think the difference could be, as I say, is who can get that one play to set up a field goal. And I think that Tyler Bass has done very well for the Bills, but I think, as I say, I, I do back Nick Falk in the, uh, the key situations. He is been Mr. Reliable for for us. And he's the reason we've got the points we have because he, he, he say there's been many occasions where Patriots should have scored a touchdown and then set him up with an awkward 40-yard yarder. Yeah, I could go on about this game forever. There's so many, as I say, comparisons, etc. But yeah, I've got to back my team. But one thing I will say, I think the Patriots will win this one 31-28 and it will be, I think we decide right at the death. However, I... Don't think it will be. It will decide the AFC East, and the reason why I say that is Buffalo will be in prime position if they win it, and I think it's more. It, it and I can see why the media would view that it that way. However, Buffalo have still got a face. They've still got to come Foxborough, and I think as you're quickly researching now, they've got to go to Tom Brady in Tampa, and Tom Brady won't care about as I say doing other team favors. He'll just care about the Bucks not losing another game. Now they're in basically end of season mode and so don't run I would love the Patriots to win because you, I think that it could go a long way to being number one C which in the past number two C would be excellent enough to get you um, as I say that by but the new format means it's only one seat now so which is quite an incredible thing because at one point I wouldn't even have dreamed of Patriots being close to the being number one seed let alone the, as well number two C sorry let alone the number one seed but that's the real possibility if they get the job done in uh, Buffalo. Yeah, I think that, I mean, this is obviously, it's one that is probably, it's the biggest game we've had in a while in the, in the actual, in the NFL itself. Um, so I'm just going to quickly go through both of your games. So we'll see who, who will win the AFC East. Obviously, a Bill Patriot, Bill's Patriots, we've all back the, uh, we've both back the Patriots. Um, you then go on bye week. As you said, they then travel to uh, Stanbay Buccaneers on the 12th. You've got a bye week. You come back away at the Colts on Sunday night football. Um, that that's always a tough one as well. Then again, uh, they've they've got a huge, they've got a really tough game um, in week fifteen. They've got the uh, Carolina Panthers at home. So uh, sorry about that one. Um, actually, the, the three of the last four games, they've got Panthers, Falcons, and finish with Jets. Um, whereas you've got to go to Miami and try and win. A Miami game. is uh, Miami. As I say, they always cause. The Patriots' problems, whether it's home or away nowadays, it doesn't make a difference. But they're going to be playing better. But I hope, from New England point of view, that, that as I say, that they're up for that. And revenge has got to be on their mind because I think that we, we are still to this day don't know how. Well, I know how we lost that one. It was some Damien Harris fumbling it. But that was that's really, as I say, the Patriots. Patriots could easily be. This is what's crazy. That Patriots could easily be uh, like eleven and one. When you think the only game I think the Patriots properly deserve to lose, probably get accused of being biased here, but look, you, you lose the games, you accept them, and they've had to go on this ridiculous run. But 
but the game that I felt that they only the only game I felt they deserved to lose uh, that they did lose was the Saints at home because that was an abysmal performance. And then you look at the Saints now, you think, oh, if only we could face them now. But it is what it is, and it's, 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 and that's a good thing. It's in our hands. It is in Buffalo hands as well. So there's no excuses. But not, I can't see it being a like one team dominating the other. I think it'd be very close. Yeah, I actually think you deserve to lose two games, but not. Um, what was the one? I, I think you deserve to lose the Texans games. I thought you were actually. I thought it was probably the worst I've ever seen the Patriots play against Texans. Yeah. One. That's so, a fair, fair point. You, I mean, Nick Folk, if he was fully fit against the Buccaneers, I think you should have won it. You should, probably should have gone for it as well. I think it was like 14 and 3 or something like that, and he should have gone for it. Um, and then obviously Dallas in overtime. Dallas, yeah, Dallas in overtime. That was a learning curve because I think. It was, I think it was a tipping point that Patriots need to be braver offensively because we, we settled for the punt, gave the ball back to Zach Prescott when he was on fire, and that's when C.D. Lamb went Jerry Rice and was unplayable that night. Yeah, And that was the difference between the two teams. They were willing to go for it, make the deep plays down the field, and we were, New England were too conservative, which is why I think there was, at the time, justified criticism of Belichick McDaniels. But now we're seeing the execution's a lot better. And that's something that called Buffalo are capable of, especially if they get Stefan Diggs going. So that'd be a huge job for JC Jackson on Monday night. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah, as I say, it's going to be a great game. And we, uh, yeah, it, so we, we agree with every single game, uh, prediction wise. What's an anti climax of the show? It will have to come down to a two pointer. Um, but we, we shall see. Uh, to, to finish off the show, I'll just quickly go through the, the playoff standings. Uh, the Number one seed, the AFC, the Ravens. Number two, the Patriots. Uh, three Titans, four Chiefs, five Bengals, six Bills, and seven Chargers somehow. Uh, in, the <laughs> NF- in the NFC side, you've got the uh, Cardinals, one, Packers, two, uh, Bucks at three, Cowboys, four, Rams, five, 49ers, six, and Washington football team are currently seven. Panthers are currently 12th. So sorry, 49ers are not in it, are they at the moment? No, yeah, they're they're six. They're six. Oh, they're six. Apologies, sorry. 49ers, 49ers six. Washington uh, seven. Oh yeah, and I, it's a classic saying at the moment that they are where they deserve to be. I think both teams are playing well to be in them respective uh, positions. Yeah, four four teams currently on five and six, which is what Washington are on in seven. Two teams on five and seven. I'm fine. But yeah, that is the whole show. Um, the review and preview show. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week to uh, review, I guess, the Buffalo Bills win because we're going to know we don't know anything about the NFL. Uh, it'll probably finish like 45 nil. So yeah, I'm, I might have to uh, put myself on PR. PR. And then we'll, we'll activate uh, Brad Offit depending on how the Chargers do. Yeah, I'll get Bleach reporting on it if he uh, goes minus two again. So. <laughs> yeah, should be good. Should be good. I think I'm still leading the predictions. Uh, thanks for that minus two points, anyway. Um, I've not even done an update table, but yeah, I know I mean, you are. I, yeah, I know for this week I won, but that was only because of a, a minus two. But again, copy the list you're given and no complaints. So, yeah, minus two. Yeah, it seems to be uh, accepted. And yeah, if, if you get sent 15 games, uh, answer 15 games, symbols that really, isn't it? Couldn't say it any better myself. Yeah, many, many thanks for listening. And yeah, we'll be back next week. Yeah, thank you.